It's the takeaway. I'm Melissa Harris Perry, and we're coming to the end of the 2022 movie award season. That means the 95th Academy Awards will be held this Sunday. And ahead of the ceremony, I checked in with our favorite movie critic duo for a little Oscars preview. I'm Rafer Guzman, film critic for Newsday. And I'm Kristen Meinzer, co-host of How to Be Fine, and also co-host of Movie Therapy with Rafer and Kristen. Rafer, everything, everywhere, all at once has already taken home so many awards. Do you think it's going to win everything, everywhere on Sunday? Yes, one by one, not all at once. But yes, um, I think it's going to win director, uh, supporting actor, lead actress. I mean, really right on down the line to like makeup, hair, costume, editing. Of course, I think it's going to win best picture. I think the more Oscars this thing wins, um, the fewer Oscars, the uh, Banshees of Sharon, which is the year's other big winner at the Golden Globes too. But the more Oscars this one wins, uh, the fewer Oscars there will be for the Banshees of Sharon, which I think could actually end up going home empty handed. Mm-hmm. Now, let's put aside the other worthy film that might go home empty handed. Do you think everything everywhere all at once is deserving of winning all these awards? Well, I have kind of a funny relationship with this movie because I didn't really care for it personally. Um, I just found it a little contrived, a little forced. That's for my taste. But the thing is, I really love everything about this movie. It's an you know independent feature, kind of comes out of nowhere. It's an original story. No big stars, no marquee names in this. Diverse cast. It's no superheroes. It's not a big blockbuster. And it was a hit. It was a $100 million hit. It, it, it did so well that they re-released it in IMAX for a week. And so what I love about that is that it's proof that you, know, you don't have to be a Marvel movie or a giant James Cameron movie to draw an audience. If you give people something original and interesting and it's the right movie, they will come out for it. And so in that sense, I'm kind of rooting for it to be the best picture because I, I think it's a good sign for the movies. All right, Kristen, let me ask you to weigh in on this as well, both on how you're feeling about everything, everywhere, all at once, but also maybe some of the other movies that are in that best picture category. Well, I do think that of the best picture nominees, I do think everything, everywhere, all at once is the best of the lot. Um, I also, like Rafer, enjoy everything that the movie is about. But I did also feel like it was 20 minutes too long. At times it was self-indulgent. At times it was saying, look at another special effect I can do. But I'm also not just going to, you know, poo-poo the movie for that because I think most movies this year were overly long. Most movies were a little bit self-indulgent. And that includes The Fablemans. That includes All Quiet on the Western Front. That includes Elvis. I think a lot of them were overly long and self-indulgent. So I can't fault everything everywhere as if it's the only movie that did that. And I also love the other aspects of it, the creative storytelling. What is at the heart of the story about what's important in life, the acting, uh, and, and all the genre switching is so fun in the movie. So I, I think of what is nominated, I think it deserves to win. However, I think a lot of things should have been nominated this year that weren't, and a lot of those nominees don't deserve to even be on the list. I mean, if I had my way, Top Gun wouldn't even be on the list. If I had my way, Avatar would not be on the list. (laughs) So it's so funny you said Top Gun, because I was going to say, Kristen, surely when we think about films that are self-indulgent and overly long, you wouldn't include Top Gun in that list. (laughs) I like Top Gun. Am I the only person here who liked Top Gun? 
Oh, come on, Rafer. Oh, I love, look, <laughs> I loved Top Gun, but but did it go 15 minutes too long? It did. Was it self-indulgent? Come on. Of course. But that's what, what I love about it. <laughs> I agree. As far as action movies this last year, though, The Woman King was far superior and was completely shunned. Well, that is true that uh, there have been a lot of uh, snubs, particularly in that Best Actress category. You know, Kristen, you're mentioning... Viola Davis, who did not get nominated for The Woman King. Um, and the other one I think you and I probably both agree with is uh, Daniel Deadweiler for Till. Um, that's the, you know, the, the movie about the murder of Emmett Till and following um, his uh, mother, you know, this brave decision she makes to, uh, to pursue justice for him. I had no idea really who Daniel Deadweiler was when I saw the movie. And uh, when it was done, I thought, oh, well, she just won the Oscar. That was it. Uh, end of story, and and yet no nomination at all, and that that really stunned me. And it's and that's it has stunned most people I know who have seen that film. It's a little inexplicable. Yeah, I don't understand that. I have to say, the acting that she does frequently without ever opening her mouth is stunning. She she can relay a million different emotions just by tilting her head a certain way. She is so good in that movie. Yeah. And of course, we could, as some people have, uh, blame Andrea Riseborough, uh, who snuck in there for Two Leslie, a film that nobody has seen. Um, I don't know if that's really how things shook out or not, but uh, I really, I really do think that Danielle Deadweiler should have should have been in that list. Agreed. So, so Rafer and Kristen, you have already started to to build towards towards the question that I had here around sort of when you're uh, sort of simple folk audience member, right? You know, all I do is just go see movies. Um, And I often don't understand whatever the system of meritocracy or of something that has nothing to do with meritocracy that leads a film from being a thing that I see to being a nominated film. So what is that process of how a film gets nominated? Oh, I think that's always a bit of a mystery, and you can never really figure out why some things are nominated, why some things aren't. I think the opening up of the Best Picture category from five to 10 to try to bring in movies like, say, Top Gun, uh, which was a huge hit, Elvis, which was a big hit, at least with audiences, if not with critics, uh, myself included. You know, I think that's, that's a way to try to get you, Melissa, you, the, you know, the quote unquote average moviegoer to tune in and, and watch this broadcast because you'll see movies that you recognize. But, you know, I don't really know why it is that some movies get in and some movies don't. I know Kristen, for instance, was a big fan of Nope. And I think, um, you know, uh, when, when we were all emailing back and forth here, she was talking about how she really felt that Nope, the Jordan Peele film, should have gotten an Oscar. But, you know, you look at that movie it's not that topical. It's not that heavy. It doesn't have a big central standout performance. It's a horror film, which often doesn't make the top 10, you know, best picture category. So I don't know. There's a little something about an, an Oscar nominee. It's it's gotta be, it's gotta have a little gravitas, or it's gotta be a major, major freaking hit. One one of those <laughs> two, I guess. <laughs> okay, hold tight for us. We're taking a break. But we'll be back with more of the Takeaway Oscars preview in just a moment. I'm David Remnick, host of the New Yorker Radio Hour. There's nothing like finding a story you can really sink into that lets you tune out the noise and focus on what matters. 
In print or here on the podcast, The New Yorker brings you thoughtfulness and depth and even humor that you can't find anywhere else. So please join me every week for The New Yorker Radio Hour, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, y'all. Thanks for sticking with us on The Takeaway. I'm Melissa Harris-Perry, and we're still having a bit of an Oscars preview with Kristen Meinzer and Rafer Guzman. Kristen, do you want to weigh in on sort of how you yeah. see what constitutes what makes it and what some, you know, why some end up snubbed in this way? Yeah. I mean, I would also add to what Rafer said that sometimes the Academy just feels it's long overdue for somebody to get a nomination. You know, Bill Nye for living. Is this the best performance right. of his life? No, but, you know, he's been acting a long time. There's a lot of goodwill. Maybe it's time to nominate him for something. Uh, he's one of five first-time nominees in the Best Actor category this year. All of them are first-time nominees. And for him, it really just feels like a legacy nomination. And that tends to happen every year with the Oscars. And sometimes you'll get people just completely out of left field, and it can be a delight. Like this year, uh, for Causeway, Brian Tyree Henry, who actually is, in my opinion, worthy of that nomination. I'm sure a lot of people will think, what is this movie Causeway? Who is he? But uh, I, I do like it when the Academy Awards occasionally nominate somebody who not everybody sees coming. So uh, I, I think they like to keep us guessing. But something else they like to do also is nominate movies that pay tribute to Hollywood and to the film industry, which is one reason I think why The Fablemans got so many nominations, because Steven Spielberg's movie is essentially not just a giant home movie, it is a valentine to filmmaking. So the Academy really loves it when filmmakers celebrate film. Okay, I want to talk about controversy, because this is part of why some of us watch the Oscars. It's been eight years since Oscar So White, as the hashtag was trending. Um, Again, some of the subs that we've already talked about also exist at that intersection of serious film made by um, uh, and about the experiences of Black women. Do you think that the Academy has really sort of addressed these fundamental questions that are at the heart of the Oscars So White critique? I think that there are a lot of problems there. This year, I would say... Um, it's not so white. There are a lot of Asian and Asian American nominees this year, which I am thrilled about. Uh, so Asian people are not white. And so I, I would say that that's worth mentioning. But yeah, a lot of black people who should have been nominated were not nominated this year. And frankly, a lot of women, the fact that so many women were directing great films this year, and all of the best director nominees are men, to me is just it's outrageous. I, I can't believe this year of all years when there were so many great directors who were women. Um, for example, for Causeway, for The Woman King, for Women Talking. Uh, we, we had women everywhere directing great films, and not any of them were nominated. Rayford. Yeah, that was a real oversight in that particular category. Um, you know, again, this idea of, as you were saying, Melissa, you know, what gets nominated, what doesn't, what kind of feels like an Oscar movie. I don't know, but there were some movies uh, out that were directed by women that I thought for sure would land in that category, particularly She Said, directed by Maria Schrader. And that was a movie that uh, I thought that movie was a little on the static side. I thought it was a little less gripping than it could have been. And maybe that 
sort of sunk its chances, but it also was exactly the kind of movie that we see nominated for an Oscar. It's about a very, it's about recent headlines, an important subject. It's about women. It's very topical. It was very serious. Um, it's the kind of movie that had to be made. It was a story that needed to be told. And yet uh, she didn't get a, a nomination for uh, for directing. And there were a few things like that that surprised me. The other controversy that will undoubtedly be on the minds of viewers and probably of folks who were there that night, it's been a year since the slap. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> Rafer, what has the Academy done relative to this? And what do you think that will do potentially to um, the Oscars this year? They have obviously banned Will Smith, as we all know, uh, now a 10-year ban from the Oscars. And he is out of the academy. And then, of course, recently they <laughs> recently they, int- they introduced the crisis team, which is going to be present at this year's uh, Academy Awards ceremony. I don't know any details about that. Not much has been said about that. I don't know if this means um, big guys in suits and sunglasses with little earpieces in their ear. I don't know if this means you know publicists who can write press releases really fast. I don't know what this means exactly, but um, they're trying. Uh, I mean, I, I have to say, no one could have foreseen that. It's a little tough to blame the Oscars for that one. Um, I don't know what they can do. I do think that this is going to be a post-traumatic Oscars. I think they're going to try to keep things safe. I think Jimmy Kimmel is probably a good choice for this as the host. Uh, you know, he's not Ricky Gervais. He's not going to touch any real open wounds. Uh, he'll probably keep the mood light. So I think what we're probably going to see is a, a fairly, fairly calm and hopefully somewhat smooth running Oscars this year. Well, Rafer, I disagree with you. I think there's something the Oscars could have done, and that was last year at this time. While it was actually happening, they could have interceded. They could have chosen not to have Will Smith give a long, weird defensive speech as he was accepting his award. They could have done a lot of things in the moment when all of this was going down. Um, but they didn't. So you're right. Now we're a year later and they're trying to do all this stuff now with their crisis management and so on. But uh, I, I really think it's too little too late at this point. I, I do just want to mention, though, that Chris Rock did put out his Netflix mm-hmm. stand-up comedy special. Yeah. So uh, as of now, he kind of has had the last word in, in the special, not to spoil it for anyone, but in the final 15 minutes of his special, he does swipe back at Will Smith. So as of now, he he kind of has the last word. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Rock really handled himself better than almost anybody uh, through that entire through that entire thing. <laughs> I want to ask one last question for both of you all, just so we leave on a big positive note. What are you most excited about potentially on Sunday? Is it the possibility that um, in the in the animated category, you know, we might get Marcel Vichel with shoes on winning an Oscar? Like, what are you excited about as a possibility? I don't think we're going to see Marcel the Shell. Uh, <laughs> a, a movie that a movie that I really did love. Uh, I thought that was a really adorable movie, and it and it, and it moved me, got me a little misty. But I think that's going to go to Pinocchio, the Guillermo del Toro <laughs> animated film. I think that's a that's a lock. But I really am, in some ways, even though I didn't care for that movie, I really am excited to see everything everywhere all at once. I really just think a movie like that is so deserving. Um, you know, and I felt a little bit like that with uh, Coda, when Coda won. Um, you know, this little, small indie film, grassroots fan base that built around it, 
it became a, a hit and it and it steamrolled its way all the way up to the top. And that's a great story. Um, and so I really am, like I say, I'm really rooting for that film. Yeah, I, I'm also rooting for everything everywhere. And part of it is also just because of my own identity. When I was growing up, I didn't really get to see a lot in the way of Asian Americans on the big screen. I didn't get to see us winning awards. And there's something wonderful about seeing a movie that's getting so much love, that has so much talent in it, that's doing so many inventive things, and um, that it has people who look like me in it. So I, I'm very excited for for that. Even though, like Rafer, I didn't 100% love the movie, I'm still cheering for it. Love it. And as always, I so appreciate having both of you to come and talk movies with us. Rafer Guzman is film critic at Newsday. And Kristen Meinzer is a culture critic and host of the podcast by the book and how to be fine. They're both also the host of the podcast movie therapy. Thanks as always for being here. Thanks, Melissa. Thanks so much, Melissa.